Hi everyone, welcome back to Central American Voices. I'm your host, Alejandra Quiroz. Gracias por sintonizarnos una vez más. Today we're talking with Andres Guillén, a recent graduate from Barry University. He majored in television digital media, member of Lambda Theta Phi Latin Fraternity Incorporated, the first Latin fraternity in the nation. He he was born in Honduras and migrated to the United States at the age of five. Again, thank you, Andres, for being with us today. Uh, we're very happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Like you said, I graduated from Barry University um, this past fall. I majored in, in television, and digital media, television and digital media, minored in communications. Uh, yeah, and my whole thing is um, that I want to be able to provide, you know, a, a Central American perspective to a lot of things um, in my work, to a lot of parts of my work. When it comes to media studies, um, I don't feel like there is enough Central American representation. And that's something that I want to I want to help provide uh, throughout my career. I'm getting, I'm just getting started, but, uh, I'm looking forward to, to the development. Uh But definitely, definitely. And thank you. And, um, yeah, Central American identity and cultural and tradition, I think is much needed in the media, uh, especially right now. I feel that even though, uh, you see uh, a lot of, um, outlets coming up in social media, representing you know what it is central america however i feel like um when you talk more about like communication those who are like the bigger areas um let's say for example i don't know news or you know those big uh corporations i feel like we still need a lot of representation in those areas and of course you know even though you said like you're starting, but you know, we need to start somewhere. So I hope for yeah. the future to have more recent representation and how you told us, you know, um, you migrated from Honduras at the age of five. I know you yes. grew up yes. in, in Florida. Uh, so how was growing up in that area of Florida as a Nigerian? It was interesting. Um, it, it kind of shifted like the demographics of the area shifted as I was growing up. When I got mm-hmm. there, um, the small town where I grew up, uh, how, I doubt anyone's ever heard of it. It's called Lehigh Acres. Uh, <laughs> when I grew up, <laughs> I, I, when I was a kid, it was it was predominantly white. You know, there's a lot, yeah. a, lot, a lot of white folks. So as a kid, I came up with white folks, and then as I as I got older, it got a little bit more and more mixed. Um, you know, probably the biggest uh, Latin American group there is. Well, at the time, was uh, Mexicans, uh, mm-hmm. and then it became a little bit more Caribbean with uh, uh, a lot of Cubans and Puerto Ricans from Miami coming into the, into the town. So it was uh, it was very interesting. Um, by the time I was in high school, it was like I think it was about forty six percent black, fifty six percent no, not fifty six. My my numbers are all off. But the last that I read, which was a few years ago. Was, it was about forty six percent black, uh, which they became um, uh, like the, the the biggest minority group, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And then it just kind of like split little 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 less and less from there, you know, in terms of the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, like it, it was more diverse as I as I became an adult. Um, uh, I haven't been back in a few years, but um, I'm willing to believe that it's even more diverse now. You know, because it just kept getting more and more diverse, which is something that I was really mm-hmm. grateful for. 
Um, but in terms of Central American uh, population, I didn't see much. For in my, I remember in elementary school, I was pretty much the only Honduran kid, aside from my big brother. You know, he, he and I were mm-hmm. the only two Honduran kids in the entire school. Um, I remember people didn't know what Honduras was, and they're like, "What is that, Hungarian?" And I'm like, "No, no, no." <laughs> people would always ask me like, mm-hmm. uh, "Where are you from?" You know, and I hate being asked, "Hey, where are you from?" Because it's like mm-hmm. that's a weird question to ask anyway. But it's like, "Hey, where are you from?" Uh, Honduras. Where is that? Mexico. It's like. No, dude, I'm not Mexican, you know, but like, that's, that's the way that, that I was viewed. And that's the way that Central Americans tend to get categorized. You know, we, mm-hmm. we are erased, we're erased from, from the cultural zeitgeist in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. So it, it, it's hard, but you know, we're, no matter what, yeah, you know, we're, still, we're still fighting for, for our representation and it's not to take away from anybody else's cultural identity or their own representations, like, no, you are who you are. And that's awesome. That's to be celebrated. But, you know, celebrate mm-hmm. us too, because we're here too. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, um, I know that, you know, Florida is usually uh, often viewed by, you know, that's where mostly uh, the Latinx communities are. But when you demographically, just because of how diverse uh, Florida, especially like the South Florida is, uh, however, like you said, you know, like you often don't see a lot of representation when it comes to Central America. And what I, mm-hmm. right now, when you were talking, I'm like, I feel like everyone, and I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people um, um, that listen to this podcast know, have been asked that question, where are you from? You know, yeah. and I, I, I feel like sometimes it does bother a people because it's like, okay, like I'm going to tell you from where I'm from and you're going to then come up with something else because I feel like just as an individual who's being asked often that question, sometimes you're like, you never know why they're asking you, um, yeah. you know? And at the same time, when people are often ask like, oh, what part of Mexico you are from or like um, are you from Puerto Rico or like other countries, I feel it's because like the history of migration is often tell from those types of point of view. It's never tell from the Central American point of view, just because, you know, yeah, most Central Americans migrated starting from that 80s. But now when we see this type of mm-hmm. migration, um, they often like, oh, they're they're migrants, they're coming. But they never said like, oh, you know, like where the people are coming or like, I don't know. I feel like it's always is they even like even though in the story of migration central america gets erased so yeah. i'm glad that yeah. you know your community um was able to grow in diversity just because you know that's what we like to you know, to see in our community the more our diverse community uh but it's always like the central american community is always like over like nunca la ven or it's always like question um, yeah i think it is. i think it's a matter of exposure you know, mm-hmm. some people aren't exposed to Central Americans. Um, I remember my first job ever. I was working at a at a pita store. I'm not, I can't say the name because like mm-hmm. copyright or whatever. You know, uh, yeah. But I was working at a, at a at a pita shop, mm-hmm. and I remember like it was like my second day on the job, and this this old you know white American couple comes in, and 
uh, like over there, you have to ask, would you like white or wheat bread for your sandwich? Mm-hmm. You know? And that mm-hmm. was like the very first question that you ask after you pay, that you get asked after you pay for your food, right? Mm-hmm. So like they came up to the counter where I was at and I was like, hi folks, uh, would you like white or wheat bread? And I remember the, the woman looks at me dead in the eye and she goes, so what part of Mexico are you from? I'm like, uh, <laughs> would you like white or wheat bread? Like, I didn't know how to react. I was like, because like, you can't say, look, lady, I'm not Mexican, yeah. you know, because uh-huh. like, you don't know how people are going to take that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's also bad customer service, mm-hmm. you know, but it was just like, it's one of those things where it's like, by that point, I was like 18 years old, you know, and like, I'd heard mm-hmm. that a thousand times. I remember in ninth grade, I had a, a teacher, an English teacher mm-hmm. who didn't bother to learn my name at all. At no point in the entire school year did she learn my name. She called me the little Mexican boy in the corner. And I was like, really? I'm not. Yeah. And, and like, like, no matter how many times I could have reported it, they wouldn't, the school wouldn't have done something about it. But it was one of those things where it's just like, I'm not Mexican. Like, it's mm-hmm. not a matter of like, don't, no, that's insulting. You know, it's more like, mm-hmm. just, if you're going to call me anything, if you don't want to learn my name, mm-hmm. at least call me the little Honduran boy in the corner. You know, mm-hmm. don't erase me. Yeah, that, exactly. that's, that's like, I mean, like, I'm not really excited to to have my entire like, I don't know, personhood erased. But if mm-hmm. you're gonna, if you're gonna not bother to learn my name, at mm-hmm. least call me by an accurate description. <laughs> yeah, and that's the that's the that's the way that I came up, and that that that's the way that a lot of Central Americans, I I believe, are they, they mm-hmm. do feel that yeah. our cultural identities are are kind of erased, you know, and it's it's probably even more so from somebody who's not Honduran, probably someone mm-hmm. from like like Guatemala, they because mm-hmm. they're even closer to Mexico than than Hondurans mm-hmm. are, you know, like in terms of like geography. So it's really easy to make that misconception and make that mistake. I know because I've done it, you know, mm-hmm. I just met a, a Guatemalan family and I thought they were Mexican for like two weeks. And then I saw mm-hmm. them like with like the Guatemalan flag on their van. I was like, oh, my bad. <laughs> you know, it's a really yeah. easy mistake to make. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, um, I, for me, it's like, I don't know, maybe it's because, like I said, and maybe this is how I grew up thinking of, like, you know, um, what is, you know, that area of Florida, just known as the most diverse and thinking like you guys have the mix of you know the caribbean people that i couldn't understand like mm, like why would they be like categorizing you for like a mexican um because here in like la like we have a huge mexican community like it's it's huge and you know i had instances of uh how you felt like many times and even when i i just migrated here when i i went like actually on my first week of school you know like i had just got here i was 14 years old i didn't know no mm-hmm. you know nothing of the language and i was put in the class of esl where you learn the, the language and right. the only language you know i know that i knew at that time was spanish and how i talk spanish you know what i mean and no, people sale. in that class <laughs> yeah and people used to question me why would i talk like that like that's not how you talk that's not proper spanish that's and i'm like in my it, it, so just imagine how like uh, me like and this is like you know coming from like a personal experience like me 
just migrating, having like, you know, the little, I would say like a little trauma of migrating, living in my country, my family, and then coming to here, speaking the only language I know. And someone questioned mm -hmm. me that my Spanish is not proper Spanish, you know? Yeah. And, and I feel like, like uh-huh. No, it's like, it's like, it's like, is there really a right way to speak it? Because everyone has their own no. way of speaking exactly. it. Exactly. You know? And, you know, I, I have, sometimes I have asked myself, like, what is going on? Like, um, one thing is, you know, other people, like, you know, they're out of the Latinx community um, coming and telling you, oh, you know, like, where are you from? Are you from this country? Because, um, I sometimes it's not that I let it pass, but I'm like, okay, they're like, so you need to do a little more research. You need to learn your ge geography or something like that. But inside of the Latinx community, sometimes I question why were like people from our own community, even though, you know, like Central America is just like a small community and this huge community. Uh, mm -hmm. Why would like people like, you know, that we speak Spanish or like we come, I'm not saying like same backgrounds, but you, you know what I mean, right? Like we're it's that, that yeah, like under that umbrella, why would they come to someone and be like, you don't look conjuring? Why? Like in my case, <laughs> like they will come to me. I'm, I'm going to tell you, like, I think this is one, one of the, I have had one of the most disrespectful, like when I'm telling you disrespectful people when i was a server telling me i think like yeah. i remember i went to my server and said like you finished that table i was in shock and yeah and people telling me well, they asked me in this way like oh where are you from you're so exotic at that point i was like oh That's this is going no, bad no this going bad. and then i looked at her and i was like well you know like i'm, I'm from honduras and she looked at me <laughs> And I'm laughing now, but at the point I was like, yeah. I didn't know how to react. She's like, you have such a white tease to be in Honduran. Like, tell me exactly where are you from? And I'm like, that's okay. That's dumb. <laughs> exactly. And I remember I looked at her and I was like, I'll be back. And I went to my service. I'm like, no, go take her because I'm like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like people yeah, actually no, have, like question you. Thing. Yeah, I had a similar thing happen to me. Um, I used to work at a coffee shop after I left that, mm -hmm. the the pita uh, mm -hmm. joint. After I left that pita joint, I worked at a coffee shop, and I remember this one this one time like it was closing time. I'm getting ready to head out. I'm tired. I'm mm -hmm. frustrated. Mm -hmm. I've been at work all day, kind of thing. And like I remember this guy comes up to the counter and he goes, "Do you oh have a um box oh?" And I was like. Bro, I speak mm -hmm. English. I told him, I'm like, bro, I speak English. And he's, he looked at me like, like I had like, just like, I don't know, like punched his grandma or something. He looks so offended. I'm like, if anyone should, should be offended, it should be me. Cause you're the one speaking all weird. It's so that I can't speak English. That's just dumb. That's just dumb. Mm -hmm. People, I don't, I don't think people really have the, uh, the, people need to have more um mm -hmm. they need to be more aware you know like stop mm -hmm. like, like drop your own misconceptions drop that mm -hmm. and just think about the other person the way that you're making them feel 
think about mm-hmm. think about what you're gonna say and how that that's gonna affect the other person you know exactly you can, just, you can literally just like move your hands in the shape of a box and say box and i'll be like i'll get you a box no big deal mm-hmm. you know what i mean even if you can't understand like there's other ways to communicate you don't need to communicate mm-hmm. uh, you don't need to talk in a way that makes you sound dumber than you think i am mm-hmm. yeah and like i said you know like i don't those type you know just things like that i feel like it makes you like be like what like why it's yeah. first of all why you do that and you know like the question i'm to i, I often know that like um this is what i'm trying to elaborate more um when people question you like for example like i said you know that 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 instance like i said that was the most disrespectful one that i had had in my life i right. was like yeah, i was I already can, shocked i'm like i can't even imagine. I can't even. Imagine. Yeah, and I, I mean, I cannot reply in a rude way because I'm at work, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But in my, in my head, I'm like, "Hay tantas cosas que te quisiera decir." Yeah. Oh right. Yeah. But, but you, you know, like when like people, you're biting your tongue with like all that, all the strength you can gather. Exactly, and you know, um, I'm I'm sure you had a happen instance where. Do you say where are you from? And that's not, you know, like this is just where, you know, you're from. And yeah. people will co- question you like, but why yeah. do you look like this? Why do you look like this? And that's what I, what I would like. I'm trying to say, like, what is representation? Because uh, in the media nowadays, they show, you know, what an immigrant look like, you know, like, oh, they look you, you, and you can put it like entire list of stereotypes. You know, yeah, but that's not yeah. how everybody looked. You know, like no, I have not. had people, yeah. You know, like Central America is so diverse. It's so diverse. We have like it. It's so diverse. We have like light skin, dark skin. You know, brown skin, like mezclado. We have like light color, like pelo, pelo got, colochito, like yeah. Exactly. You know, like, there, there's all sorts. There's all sorts, and people don't seem mm-hmm. to realize that. You yeah, know, they, they, they tend to just ignore it, and that's that's a shame. Because like when you open up your your mm-hmm. mind to the possibility of there people being different to you, mm-hmm. um, that gives you an op- excellent opportunity to learn more. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I once heard this quote. I once heard this quote. It was like, um, "Never be afraid to be the the least intelligent person in the room." Cause it gives you a chance to learn or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yo, that's true. You know, if you don't mm-hmm. know somebody's culture that well, open yourself up to the possibility of learning. It's yep. okay. To, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay mm-hmm. to be wrong. It's not okay to be offensive, but mm-hmm. it's okay to be wrong. Yeah. It, it, and it's so true because I feel like uh, sometimes we are in a position when you're talking with somebody and, you know, you want to be as respectful as you can. And probably the conversation shifts to share where each other background and probably you don't know, you know, much of the person, you know, I have had instance mm-hmm. when I'm like, I don't want to be disrespectful, but like, uh, you know, like I, I remember I was talking with this guy and he was telling me that he was from, um, I don't, it was like a country in Europe, but like, it's not like, it's, it's very, I, I don't remember the name of the country. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. do you guys speak like English or like what language do you guys speak? Because like, you know, it's not a country that you often like, oh, Italy is playing Italian or like French, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. I don't want to feel like disrespectful, like, you know, like 
do you speak this? But I feel like in the sense of like knowing how to respect the other person and cru- la curiosidad, like never, I, I know there's a thing like la curiosidad mata al gato, you know, but if you're curious yeah. in a very respectful way, I think it, it will make you have the chance to learn more rather than just assume because assuming yeah. sometimes like that's what i feel like nowadays happens right now like people just assume that you're the like certain type of you know you have certain type of uh, yeah. background yeah. or like just because of the way how of how you look and that's yeah, not people... how we should be going in no, our daily course. life that of yeah. course i agree i agree i've had people you know like say like oh you're puerto rican no i'm not puerto rican you're dominican no i'm not dominican you're mexican no i'm not mexican well mm-hmm. what, what are you it's like bro if you can just stop assuming stuff and i'll mm-hmm. i'll be glad to share you know who i mm-hmm. am regardless like i mean i'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna share either way but if you can stop assuming then you know it's gonna make this this interaction a lot easier mm-hmm. for both of us you know mm-hmm. that's yeah. a certain point you, you gotta stop the assumptions you know mm-hmm. and it's 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 a behavior that we all need to work on i gotta work on it sometimes you mm-hmm. know like yeah I, I remember in my undergrad um i would hang out a lot with the uh the african kids you know mm-hmm. and i'm not too familiar with the entire continent of africa there's i don't know how many countries without that, that continent mm-hmm. uh you know, and I had to stop. I had to learn how to stop assuming things like, "Oh yeah, this one, this person's ni- uh, Nigerian, and this person's from South Africa, and this person's this, and this person's mm-hmm. that." I had to stop assuming, like, because because it, it makes me look stupid. You know, mm-hmm. but not only does it make me look stupid, it's it, it hurts the other person. Sometimes mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta learn to be more conscious about things. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying we need to, need to be like woke about stuff. I'm just saying we need to be courteous. You need to take mm-hmm. another person's, you know, uh, experiences into perspective. Because if not, then what are we doing? Exactly. And I always tend to say this on the show, like, you know, you always have to check yourself. Like, do an yeah. evaluation of, like, okay, what am I doing wrong? Like, how do the p- p- person feel? Or, like, yeah. what it will be like, okay, maybe I said something that didn't come out the way I wanted it. Like, how can I fix, you know, how can I, I don't offend other people? Because I, I feel like at the end of the day, what, while we push for representation, we also need to push for respect just because yeah. people like, if, if they're not familiar of what our culture is, the trust, the tradition and, you know, backgrounds and, you know, in general, um, at least what a, the least that they can do is be respectful. Yeah. Yeah. If if you can't admit, if you can't say with confidence that you know what's going on, then at least take a step back and just mm-hmm. respect what, what else is happening, you know? Cause I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of people, they, 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 they walk around with a little bit too much confidence of what they know they're talking about. And that's my mm-hmm. problem with like a lot of like woke people. It's like they think that they have the authority to speak on behalf of other people. And it's just like, don't do mm-hmm. that. That's not helping. You know, mm-hmm. I once had this conversation with somebody who was like, well, well, Latin Americans really don't like the word Latinx. Cause that's just like, 
something that like college mm-hmm. kids decided to start saying is just like, how about no? How about you just not assume that kind of stuff? You know, mm-hmm. and like don't don't speak on my behalf. You know, I'm not gonna speak mm-hmm. on nobody else's behalf because that's dumb. Like I personally use the word Latino because I mm-hmm. identify as male, you know. Mm-hmm. But if somebody who is non-binary would like to refer to themselves as Latinx, awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell them, well, you're wrong for doing that because I can't exactly. speak for them. And you can't speak for other people. It's very dumb to do that. And that's, that's my problem. I have a real, real serious problem with, with, with wokeness, you know, mm-hmm. like in, or, and one of the biggest things that comes to mind is like immigration mm-hmm. when like, People in Latin American uh, and, and and Hispanic organizations, um, they're like, oh, well, we're going to be the voice for the voiceless of the undocumented. It's like, stop. You're just trying to be like woke for clout. And that's dumb. It's not helping anybody. You're not actually helping somebody who's undocumented. You're not actually you know, providing resources and opening doors. You're not doing anything. You're just trying to make yourself look good, you know, in front mm-hmm. of like a a, a a socially aware group of people and that's dumb it's better to be conscious than to be woke because when you're conscious mm-hmm. you're also aware of the fact that you can be wrong sometimes you know i've been wrong plenty of times but what mm-hmm. do i do i have to take a step back and say well how did i how did i treat this person how are they feeling around me now you know mm-hmm. you gotta take accountability wokeness is is being smart with no accountability consciousness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is realizing that you're only human and you're going to make a mistake but it's your responsibility to be better than your own nature at least that's the way i see it yeah definitely and i think you you touched like, like a very good points with you know people that you know they just try to look like oh you know i'm inclusive but like you actually not like no actually work like you're actually not helping. Yeah, yeah, no, like it, especially like if you're in in organizations and social groups that like to talk about how inclusive you are or how mm-hmm. how smart you are or how accepting you are. That's dumb. Don't pat yourself on the back for doing the bare minimum, dude. Mm-hmm. Don't pat yourself on the back because there's other people that are doing a lot more than you do, than you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you're like, you, you shouldn't pat yourself on the back for being very random. That's, that's that's just it. You know, like I can mm-hmm. sit here, I can sit here and talk, call myself an ally to the LGBTQ community, LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. community. I can call myself an ally to women. You know, mm-hmm. but that's just me patting myself on the back. What am I actually doing for women? What am I actually doing for the LGBTQ mm-hmm. plus community? You know, I can mm-hmm. sit here and tell you, oh well, I used to work for a nonprofit that supported the LGBTQ plus community. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. But I was doing very, very, very bare minimum type of work. You know, mm-hmm. after a certain point, you gotta just be like, "Yo, these people can talk for themselves. I'm just here to support." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I feel like it's it's it, you see, and not even in like only on huge corporation or like those type of platform. You see it like almost every day on social media where oh, yeah. they, people are trying to be like, oh, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm an ally, like I say, you know, to the, <laughs> to this community or to the other ones or like, I for example, like, or, 
or yeah, because they 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 always try to. Look, I feel like they always try to do it like that, or they try um, to make they're like look good, and that's dumb. Don't make yourself yeah. look good. It's not about the way that you look. It's not the way that you. It's not about the way that you are. You're perceived. It's mm-hmm. about the work that you're doing that's helping other people. Exactly. You know? And you, you know, um, kind of like what I was trying to say is like, um, that how often we see people like that just because of not looking like bad or like their image or whatever they want to mm-hmm. do in their life. Um, but I feel like a clear example that I can put right now um, is how, you know, when the death of uh, um, with, of George Floyd and like the social media mm-hmm. like was like all over the place and like yeah. uh, where people are like, oh, you no post right now or like this and that or like other stuff. And then the next day it's like people are like posting whatever they want so it's like you're actually not doing nothing like no a, a, a post of a, like something black on your social media is not doing nothing you're not actually doing like you're not doing anything are you uh-huh. are you are you giving are you, are you stepping back so black people can have a, a voice mm. are you actually doing something to dismantle racism in your community are you actually doing something to dismantle racism in your own family? Because that happens a lot mm-hmm. with, with Latin American families. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, a lot. How many? How many times? How many times have you heard? Uh, you know the phrase like "I can't believe you la raza." You know, mm-hmm. like, bro, come on, get get out of here with that nonsense. Mm-hmm. What is that? That's mm-hmm. racist in and of itself. How many times have you been afraid to bring like a, a, a black significant other around your family? You know, mm-hmm. like, because. Because it, it it exists, racism mm-hmm. racism in our communities exists. It oh, exists and it's and really bad. The, exactly, and the more that we pretend that these things don't exist, the worse that it gets. And it doesn't make it any better when you're just like, "Well, I'm going to post a black square in memory of someone who was murdered by the police." It, mm-hmm. yeah, it's tragic that George Floyd has been murdered by the police, and it's tragic mm-hmm. that black men and black men and black women and black people in general have mm-hmm. suffered uh, systemic racism for mm-hmm. literally since the found, founding of this country but yeah um, if i post a black square that's not doing anything that's not doing it doesn't anything. do anything it doesn't it doesn't do anybody any good it's it's lip service you know it, mm-hmm. i can say i can say uh i can talk about about supporting black people but mm-hmm. unless i'm actually supporting black people with my actions mm-hmm. and in tangible ways that show actual results what's the point you might as well not mm-hmm. say nothing exactly no and then you have uh you have like um like i don't know how to put it but everything you said is true because i feel like now and this will go back you know when we ask for representation and we want to be uh make sure you know like everybody can get like representation in the media which is you know what we all consume on a daily basis at the same mm-hmm. time we need to check on ourselves when we're trying to do that because one thing is just not to look like we're inclusive but to actually doing the work to represent everyone yeah. in our community not look yeah. like so um, that's what i do in the media Mm-hmm. That's what I hate in media. When it comes to like Latin American representation media, you'll always mm-hmm. see things like, like there was a commercial that came on a few days ago, and I was watching TV. It was like this like little boy narrating, and it was just like me abuela likes to make 
tortillas and she makes tamales. And whenever mm -hmm. I want un tamal, my abuela will make me a special tamal just para me. And it's just like throwing in random what? things in Spanish doesn't make you inclusive. No. Throwing no, in random not. phrases and things like that doesn't make you inclusive. It doesn't make mm -mm. It, it doesn't improve representation. If you want to actually improve representation, allow these people who want to be represented to tell their own mm -hmm. stories. And mm -hmm. when I say allow, I don't necessarily mean like give them a platform because they'll they'll develop a platform for themselves. You mm -hmm. just gotta take a step back. You know, mm -hmm. you just gotta take a step back and say, I'm not gonna get in the way. Because mm -hmm. if you're because uh, the more that you say, oh well, I'm gonna provide this platform, I'm gonna be the voice for the voiceless, you're getting in the way of their own mm -hmm. uh in their, of their own empowerment, excuse me, their own empowerment. Yep. And that's so true. And, you know, like talking about media, um, I know, you know, like you graduated with a degree in television and, you know, media is a very something very close to me. And I feel like we share how what inspired us to get into this field. Um, so I want to ask you, you know, after this extent, like conversation, how we feel uh, about like identity, uh, like the identity and the representation that media on like today represents you know um so sure. what make you what motivate you to study tv and digital media even i i know we have talked like you know like what motivated you but like if you give me like more like an extent of like the way you know people know like oh, in probably mm -hmm. you know other people who are uh, going to college or want to study this like because i feel and i always try to um when i talk with someone who studied media I always try to say like, okay, why inspire you? Because in our community, this type of careers are always looked down. And I said like from a very personal yeah. like experience, our family would question you why why you yeah, studying that. Yeah. So I like, what inspire you? <laughs> oh yeah, no, of course. Like just to go back on what you're saying, like when it comes to like <laughs> our families and the way that they perceive these kind of careers. I remember like one time, you know, my grandpa, he, my grandpa's in his 90s. So like, you know, he came up mm -hmm. in the age where, you know, these kinds of careers weren't a thing. I remember mm -hmm. when I was like 22 years old around there. Mm -hmm. I'm 27 now. I remember when, it, when I was like 22, he, one time like, he was having his coffee and he goes, you know what? You are going to go to school and you're going to, you're going to either be a doctor, engineer, mm -hmm. or a lawyer. And I was like... Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not about to argue with my grandpa, but I'm not about to like tell him mm -hmm. straight up, like, no, I want to work in television. Mm -hmm. No, so I was just like, sure, grandpa. What? Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, you know, like, what's the point of making your grandfather angry? You know. Mm -hmm. So, but like, yeah. I know, in in my heart and in my head, I was like, no, I want to work in television. I want to work in this kind of field because this is the stuff that motivates me and that gives me, you know, that that mm -hmm. it's it's my passion. Um, So what, what motivated me to actually go into this field was uh, storytelling. You know, mm -hmm. I, I love storytelling. Um, like I, it, it sounds probably silly, but, you know, I love comic books and I love comic book movies. And I love, uh, I, lo I love, I, I geek out over like this stuff, just like that, like nerdy stuff like that. And I remember like being a little kid and like seeing Power Rangers on TV. I was like, wow, that's so cool. How are they doing that? I remember being like a little kid and seeing Jurassic Park and I was like, I want to do that. I don't necessarily mm -hmm. want to, you know, 
I, I, I don't want to remake Jurassic Park or something like that, but I want to be able to tell a story this cool. You know, mm-hmm. this, is, this is inspiring to me. But as I grew up, as I got older, I noticed like, well, this is an all-white cast. This is an all-white cast. Mm-hmm. This is an all-white cast. This is an all-white cast. And it has one Latin American kid who is a stereotype. Why is this kid's name Pepe? Mm-hmm. Something like that, you know? Or like, this person's talking in a really thick accent. What's the point of that? And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't jive with that. That's not, it's not, it's not cool. It's not cool. So like, as no. time went on, I was like, I was like, I want to be able to see, you know, Central American stories represented on TV, you know, mm-hmm. especially because like most of the time when you see Latin American stories, they're a lot of time, uh, Puerto Rican, Cuban, or Mexican, mm-hmm. you know, like, you remember, did you ever watch, uh, the brothers Garcia as a kid? Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, well, it, it was a family about it. Like it was like, probably in my opinion, or at least in my experience, it was like the first time I was exposed to, uh, uh, Hispanic or Latin American uh, cast on TV, you know, mm-hmm. and it was like they're 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 Mexican. So I was like, well, I can't mm-hmm. really relate because I'm not Mexican, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and like times going on, you see representation shifting a little bit more and more, mm-hmm. and that's good. These people also deserve the representation. But like, I mean, I was watching. I used to watch that show one day at a time on Netflix, and I was mm-hmm. like, well, I can't relate to this because they're you know they're they're cuban mm-hmm. i can't relate to what it's like to be cuban i'm not cuban you know mm-hmm. and it, like it was these kind of things and i was like i want to be able to relate to it you know mm-hmm. so then like I, I i decided to become uh, a tv student and to go into this career field because i would like it for one day for a little kid as corny as it sounds i would like it for a little kid from honduras to be like yo that's a Honduran cast. Yo, this is a Honduran story. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like, I want them to have what I didn't have. I didn't get the, mm-hmm. that, that chance. The closest that I ever came as a kid to seeing Honduran representation on TV was this um this commercial that Nickelodeon was showing for um, Hispanic Heritage Month. And it was like a quick two-second snippet of this like girl saying, my mom's from Honduras, and then it moves on to the next person. You know, and it was like, just that 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 mm-hmm. two seconds of my mom was is from Honduras. I was like, yo, they got Hondurans on TV, you know. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even, and it wasn't even that they were showing the Honduran woman. You know, they were showing her daughter. You know, mm-hmm. who, based on that sentence, is probably you know half Honduran, and that's mm-hmm. awesome. Even half is dope. But mm-hmm. I would love to see more. I would exactly. love to see that. That was the closest that I ever came. So. I was mm-hmm. like, I want to be able to tell Honduran stories, you know? And like, I want to be able to tell modern Honduran stories. I don't like stories of trauma as real as it is, and as real as, 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 as TV needs to be. And as, mm-hmm. as much as we need to be able to relate to these things, as much as we need to be exposed to the sadness of life, I mm-hmm. want to be a, a, a I want to tell funny stories. I want to tell, Honduran comedy stories, you know, I want to mm-hmm. make people laugh. So that's why I want to do this. This is why this is like this is my passion because I feel like when you're laughing, you're you're giving a chance to just let go of the really heavy things that are on your shoulders, you know. Mm-hmm. And to be South American is to have a huge weight on your shoulders at mm-hmm. almost all times, you know. 
Yes. And I'm speaking from a I'm speaking from a place of privilege because I came here when I was five years old. So I'm more American than a lot of Central Americans, you know? But I see when I meet Central American people that mm-hmm. are like like they, they have come, you know, to this country, you know, way after I did, they carry a lot of trauma. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've seen reports, you know, of uh, uh, of the of these Central American migrants crossing through, and I'm just like, that hurts. It it mm-hmm. makes me cry. It, it makes me tear yes. up to think about it because it's just like, I can't do this. I can't keep seeing this pain. You know, mm-hmm. and we, we need to be able to see the pain. We need to be exposed mm-hmm. to it. But I also want to make people laugh. Definitely. And, you know, I feel like we share like uh, almost the same motivation when it comes to media. Like I said, you know, like uh, that was uh, one of like my motivations as, as an Honduran, you know, like I lived in Honduras for 14 years. I came here um, almost close to when I was 15. So uh, for me, I, I was exposed to, you know, what is uh, what is media over there as well as here. and it's, I'm not going to say it's like there's two completely things, like different things, because it's not. Um, I have only seen two Honduran movies. And that is Una Navidad Catracha y Amor con Frijoles. And I didn't like, <laughs> as much as I can tell you, I loved it. I'm in my head. I'm like, ah. like, I love it's to laugh, enough. but I'm like, but why would we, us, our own people, that's again, we want to uh come say we hold into those what's it called more stereotypical like like okay so that movie which is the first one which is amor con frijoles mm-hmm. at some point i felt that it was carrying so many stereotypes for honduras rather than representation so that's mm-hmm. why i cannot say like i loved it you know what i mean but it, it was mm-hmm. funny like for me everything from Honduras is funny you know um yeah just because yeah. i was how I, just because of the culture it is it, there's a lot of comedy in it so i'm glad yeah. that you're trying to represent that in my case of what inspired me to um uh to go into media and to sorry um tv mm-hmm. was because as an immigrant i hate it every time someone would tell me oh you're your country is the most dangerous or like I will see like in the mood, like in TV, uh, things about drugs, things about gangs, migration, mm-hmm. all this thing. And like mm-hmm. you said, you know, yeah, we need to say that, you know, because that's a reality and that's what every, I'm not going to say every Central American, but like you said, like Central American who migrate here carry, that's what we carry in their arm. Like, yeah. There's a reason why we migrated and there's a reason like a lot of people are risking their lives to come to like and to go to other countries for a better future and for a better life for their families. But at the same time, I know how rich and beautiful my country and all Central American is. And when I'm telling you, like, I, I remember like telling my mom. I'm going to start a film. My mom never told me like, oh, but I can. But my dad was always like, why are you going to do that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but in my, okay. like, exactly. And, but in my case, I was like, you know what? Like I am tired 
And like I said, I'm tired of people putting Central Americans in this type of position because like one of the movies that I like for El Salvador is Voces Inocentes, you know, and it's a really good movie. But like you said, it's a very sad movie. Like if you don't yeah. cry on Voces Inocentes, I don't know, <laughs> because it's a very sad movie. Really? Is, no, no, is no, it, it's a really good movie, and but it's a very sad movie. And I wish that we had more movies that, you know, not only tells us like our story, but it's not as painful, you know, because yeah. there's there's so much beauty in our countries, and that's what I decided to do in the media. I am not a lot of fiction type of media. I am more mm -hmm. into documentaries, um, mm -hmm. but that you know that's just how I am because I love storytelling. Uh, but it, it like when you when you start telling like what motivated you, I'm like yeah, and I wish like someone who are thinking about it of going into media, please do so because I really hope in the future, just like you, I probably like it, someone who's going to be like two, three years old, get to see in the TV or in the end, hopefully, I'm not going to say or, and in a movie theater, a Central American just like them because yeah, that's what I be. never felt. I never felt, not even in novelas, not even in novelas when I was oh, no, that's like, worse. A lot of, a lot of uh, like Latin American TV is mm -hmm. um, like broadcast from Mexico. Yeah. You know, and mm -hmm. that's dope. You, that's dope. They have a, uh, an entertainment industry there, but like, I mean, come on, like we have our own industries and we, mm -hmm. our shows should be put on, at least I think so. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because it's not an accurate representation of what Latin America really is like. On these, on mm -hmm. these shows that you see, like on Telemundo, Univision, mm -hmm. like, like you're gonna see more. Like nine out of ten times, you're gonna see white Mexicans. You mm -hmm. know, and like that's your identity. That, that's your people. Yeah. That's awesome. Great, but you can't deny mm -hmm. that when you represent like people of color, when you represent black Latin Americans, when you represent uh, uh, mixed Latin Americans, mm -hmm. you're going to represent them in a way that isn't right. You represent them as, as mm -hmm. servants, you represent them as slaves, you represent them as violent, as dangerous. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not fair that you guys are mm -hmm. going to be representing yourselves glamorous and tall and beautiful and, and smart and intelligent and successful, but when you show people like us Mm -hmm. You're going to show the worst possible depictions. Mm -hmm. It's not yeah. fair. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like just how you said, you know, like, yeah, that's how you, that's that, honestly, that's why you see in novelas. That's why, why in, in this case, like white Mexicans and the people of color, even those like Mexico is so diverse as well. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? So yeah, why, show, show why diversity. It, exactly? So when, these characters play into a role of servants like that's not representation like why why would you no. put people you know like that even though in the in the movie oh my god oh my god what is the i i forgot the name of the movie uh wait let me think roma 
yeah that's the movie yeah roma yeah um like you know like uh everybody was like in love with the movie and you know i i know that you know like the main character was jaritza Je- Je- but Aparicio, I hope yeah, Lisa yeah, yeah. She's yeah. she fantastic. She is amazing. She is amazing. She deserves yes. all the flowers in the world. Exactly. Bro. Yes, exactly. And you're like, other people were criticizing her because of being her the main character. So yeah. even in a country of, you know, like how Mexico is, that is has a huge um what's it called weight on what it comes to media across the entire continent when it comes to spanish you know media and and not spanish media but like spanish language media and Mm -hmm. you know the entire like sur america centro america they were criticizing her for being the main character okay that's what i mean like that internalized racism that mm-hmm. we don't like to admit exists in our countries. I remember I had this argument with a with a fellow Honduran on Twitter, because um, like it was like a year and a year or so, but it still stuck, still remains in my mind. Um, people were like, "Our punta is is a Honduran thing," and then a lot of Garifuna uh, Twitter users were like, "No, it's a Garifuna thing," and, and it is. Let's be honest, mm-hmm. it is. Punta is mm-hmm. Garifuna. It's been appropriated by you know, mm-hmm. Hondurans and it's been celebrated by Hondurans, but we can't lie to ourselves and say Punta mm-hmm. is Honduran because it's not. And I remember yeah, I had this not. argument with somebody because she said uh, Punta is Honduran. I'm like, no, it's Garifuna. And she goes, no, that's not true. And I'm like, well, yes, it is. And you're being kind of racist. And she goes, don't call me racist. Racism only exists over there in the United States with you guys. And I'm like, no, oh, no. God. There's a reason why. There's a reason why. There's a reason why Black Central Americans are in their own communities. Mm-hmm. You know, because because mm-hmm. our people, mestizos and white mm-hmm. Latin Americans, have driven them out because mm-hmm. we are racist. We are inherently racist towards them. Because we mm-hmm. were raised to be, you know, yeah. there's a reason why why they're in their own communities. There's a reason why there's Garifuna activists that mysteriously disappear. Mm-hmm. Sarcastic quotes there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because we are 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 inherently racist to them. We can't say mm-hmm. that racism doesn't exist in our countries. It definitely does. Ugh. It definitely does. That's oh my god! I I I. I I try to like like work on for myself, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. like uh, I was uh, I was in Honduras um, in Christmas 2019. I was in mm-hmm. Honduras, and uh, I, I like I went with my family to get a bite to eat, um, and we're like 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 a little bit north of Tegucigalpa, mm-hmm. and the place that we went was owned and operated by. Um, uh, a black family and mm-hmm. i'm 2019 I was, I was two years ago i was like 26 years old i was 26 years old and i still had to tell myself to not be amazed by the fact that there was black central americans in like away from the coast you know i mm-hmm. had to stop myself it was like, it, it, like it, you gotta work on it consistently mm-hmm. yep. yeah like people who say that mm-hmm. like oh i'm not racist i'm latin american 
you're more like <laughs> you're I, I can almost guarantee you're more racist than a lot of people mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. yep it's, it's yep. ridiculous it, it, it is and you know i had had conversations about um you know like um when people are like, oh, you know, even in TikTok when sometimes I tend to like go and jump in the comment section. So once there people are criticizing someone for saying that Punta is non-Honduran, like in Honduran, and I'm like, yo, like chill. Like it's, first of all, it's not an Honduran thing. And we're just appropriate, like, nos apropiamos de la cultura de ellos. So please give them space and stop criticizing when they're trying to give you, you know, like, like Garifunas, um, they shouldn't be teaching us. You know what I mean? Because we are no, the ones who no. are often, and they taking their time to teach us their culture, the teachers to share their dances, the music and everything. Yeah. And we're here you like, oh no. Exactly. We're here like, oh no, that's enduring. Like, oh, I swear to God, like when you were <laughs> up, you were saying like, I'm like, oh God, like I had had so many like personas que dicen eso. And I'm like, and like you said, if you're from, you know, like, we're talking here for like in the perspective coming from Honduras, mm-hmm. the racism there is, I don't know how to explain it. Like I, it's real. I, uh, it's real. It's really, it's real. It is really bad. I had experienced it myself. You grew up with this and we never want to admit that that's how it really is. It's just like, at their certain mm-hmm. point, you have to take a step back and say like, mm-hmm. why do I perceive people like this? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. just it's it's crazy, and that's, that's something yeah. I want I want to work on with myself, and that's something I try to um, show in my work that mm-hmm. uh, that I I I only know so much, um, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm not smart at all. I don't think that I'm a very smart guy. I just think that I'm someone who's willing to learn, mm-hmm. and I want to be able to to share what I've learned. I want to share. Uh, the things that I learned throughout my life in my own experiences and mm-hmm. tell these stories because when, when I have, when I have a platform and I have mm-hmm. the ability to share what I know, then I'm, I'm doing a service to others. You mm-hmm. know, that's, that's my whole thing. I want to be able to serve. That's why I joined, you know, Mammoth Theatify. That's why I, I am the person that I am and I am the way that I am because I, I can't, be the one leading. That's dumb. No, I'm not a leader. I'm I'm a servant in some way or another. I'm here to serve. Yeah, but you know, like definitely I I feel and the same way as you. I feel like even though you know with this with this podcast, sometimes I I think of myself, I'm like, okay, like what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Because I and I will stand again from what I say almost to every episode that I have to evaluate myself as a person as well as this podcast you know I'm like what do I want you know like what I want this podcast to do Um, if my goal is to be able to unite and to be able to give you know like a a space you know for others to come and we can have a conversation at the same time I have to evaluate myself like okay like i want and i I, often sometimes i ask on social media like why you want to see because i i I, sometimes i'm like 
I, there's so much I want to share and so many people I want to contact and, and, you know, like to come and have a conversation. You know what I mean? And at the same time, I have to invest myself, myself in research, reading, learning. And there's so much things that I, I still need to learn, you know, like I'm not perfect. And mm -hmm. that's why, like, it, like you said, like, I feel like I am just someone who is creating this podcast just is this is not you know like oh this is me you know what i mean it's about me not this is about the people who come to talk here and that's what i want to create so like i totally understand you on that and i like right now when you were saying that i was like yes because when you have a platform when you were creating in this case, a podcast, a movie, a TV show, a radio station, anything you can think of, you no longer the main person. If you're having another people in it, you mm -hmm. are serving your community. But yeah. because their your community is not serving you, you are serving your community. You know what I mean? So I like it's, that. I like that. Your community should serve you. I like that. Because it, it's true. You know, like it's... As people, exactly, exactly, and um, as you mentioned, we have said like since the beginning of the show, you're a uh, part of um, Lambda Theta Five Latin Fraternity Incorporated, and mm -hmm. one of my questions that I wanted to ask is um, because it's the first Latin fraternity in the nation. So, for those who are not familiar with the, you know, Greek life, um, what does the Lambda Theta Five is about and why it's so important to you and why did you join? Um, Lambda Fi uh, was founded with the idea of uniting Latin American people. Um, and it started in the, in the 1970s because the campus where it began, there wasn't any sort of unity between um, the two biggest Latin American groups, Cubans and Puerto Ricans. And there wasn't much representation or um, empowerment or even um, like like the school didn't take Latin American voices into, into consideration for what the students needed. So that's why the, the, the fraternity was founded. They wanted to, to, to develop this space where um, Latin Americans can have a voice and to say that we have each other's backs especially um, at a time when there wasn't any sort of uh, good relations between Puerto Ricans and Cubans. Because, you know, there, there was like a rivalry in that time. And so like, like the founding fathers were like, the rivalry is, is these rivalries, this animosity between us is, is just silly. It's better that we support each other. So that way we can uh, help each other reach their goals. And I feel like that's something that really spoke to me when I joined the organization because um, these days uh, the, the organization is, I believe, it's majority Mexican because we've we've grown throughout the whole country. And so, like, I I I knew that I if I wanted to join a Greek organization, I wanted to join one that would take my perspective into consideration, one that was gonna allow me to. Um, to feel empowered to share my voice, you know, mm -hmm. you know, at the school where uh, where I joined the organization, um, there was only two fraternities. One was 
Lambda Theta Phi, and the other one um, is this organization that is historically white. Um, and I was not about to join a historically white organization because mm-hmm. I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna feel like my voice was gonna be heard or that my mm-hmm. identity was gonna be celebrated. Um, the chapter that I joined that uh, there were it was majority Mexican chapter, and you know it's a sad reality that a lot of times Mexicans and Central Americans don't get along. But these brothers, they were like, you know, so supportive and they've always celebrated me. They've always, you know, empowered me to, you know, be true to myself and to always, uh, how do I put this? To always, always share who I am at my core, you know? They've never been like, oh, well, you're Honduran, we're Mexican, you know, we're going to tell you to, you know, to be quiet when we're talking uh, about, about social issues. Because your voice doesn't matter. They never made me feel that way. They were always like, mm-hmm. so what do you think? You know? And that's the way it's always been. Uh, the, one of the brothers that encouraged me to join uh, was Honduran. Another brother has a Honduran relative. You know? So, like, like, like he has a Honduran relative. So, he knew the value of, of having Central American people around. Uh, so... That's why I joined, and that's what speaks to me. The thing that motivates me to continue uh, working within this organization is just the fact that I want to to provide that that space for other other people, you know, who are interested in going Greek. Because going Greek is about um, joining networks of people that that are going to support you, that are going to help you find a a, a good job, that are going to help you grow as a person. If you're not in, if you're not in a group that's going to help you grow as a person, you're not doing college right, you know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you don't have to go Greek if you don't want to. That's like anyone who tells you you need to go Greek. That, that's dumb, you know. If someone mm-hmm. said, if, like, if if you're um, hanging out with people in Greek frater- in Greek organizations, in Latin fraternities, or or Latin sororities. And they're like, well, you should join us. And um, if they make you feel like they're going to stop talking to you and they're going to stop hanging out with you, if you decide not to join, that's not an organization you would want to join in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, because you should feel supported regardless, regardless of, of what you decide to do. If you decide, hey, this isn't for me, dope, more power to you. I'm going to respect you either way. You know, there's been times where people were going to join the organization. And they decided, you know what, this isn't for me. You know, it mm-hmm. it's it sucks to hear that. You know, on when you're in the organization, it sucks to hear that someone doesn't want to be part of your brotherhood. But you know, there's not, like that. That's when I have to be like, you know what, that's okay. I'm gonna respect you regardless. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out with you regardless. I'm gonna be your friend regardless. If you don't want to do this, mm-hmm. that's okay. You know, and the whole point of the collegiate Greek system is to have a network of people that are going to say, it's okay for you to be around. It's okay for you to be here. We want you here. We're going to support you. And I feel like that's the the beauty of it. That's why I join Mm -hmm. and that's why I continue because I want to make other people feel the way, I want to make other people feel the way that these brothers helped me feel that they wanted me around. Definitely. And I think it's um, a very important point that you make of, you know, uh, 
if you want to, you know, like join an organization that is not only because, you know, like, oh, you have friends in there, but at the same time will support you to grow because um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I never understood the, you know, how uh, Greek works. Um, like, you know, like I never knew until I went to college and like, and I personally, I didn't join any organization. Uh, I was part of a dance club. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, like I felt that in that dance club, like in my experience, um, I was able to open myself just because I, as an immigrant, I had I have always wanted to be in my own bubble if that came through my, mm -hmm. like, uh, put in, like, mm -hmm. just because, you know, you're always afraid of what other people are going to say. Um, I have said it before, like, I sometimes with my accent or, like, what people would question me or things like that. And performing made me, you know, like, I never knew I, I, I was going to perform, like, in form of, like, in front of a dozen people. But I made it. So it made me like be more open now. Like I don't I'm not afraid to be in front of people. I'm not afraid to go grab a microphone. I'm not afraid to speak in front of like, like for example, a class. And yeah, I feel like those, I, I mean, <laughs> right. And, you know, in, in, in that's that's what happened when you go to college. You you is not only, you know uh organization there's a, a lot of other clubs as well but i feel like uh in the case of you yeah. uh you joined the lambdas and i you know like it helped you and as well as you know for being one of those um organizations that actually help you not only grow but have connections to who you are and it was going to celebrate who you are You know, mm -hmm. and I think that's a very nice way to put it, because for others out there that they might not know you're going to college and, you know, you know, uh, hopefully you know, after the pandemic, um, mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, students can go back to, you know, their, their campus and everything. And you're able yeah. to experience this type of experiences, because at the end of the day, after you leave college, who you met during those four years you will always remember who helped yeah. you, yeah. how had the connections that you had, the, if you know, like, and those people will always have, will be there. You know, I know like in our generation, it's very hard to, you know, keep in contact with everybody, but you know, they will always be there for you. Yeah. And yeah. those are the type of people you need under in, in this journey, what we call life. No, it, it doesn't have to be a Greek organization, but it does feel good, mm -hmm. you know, at least for me, because like, I moved here to California from Florida. You know, I was only really familiar with bro brothers from Florida um, in terms of like how well I knew them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like when I moved out here to California, um, I was almost immediately set up with the alumni chapter here because, you know, people sometimes mm -hmm. join as alumni. Mm-hmm. And now I'm here doing work for the Lambdas on the alumni level almost immediately after arriving here. Like just this past weekend, I was in a meeting with uh, with the alumni leadership of, the, of, of this this area of California where we're, we're in. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just like the, the work doesn't stop after four years. You know, we, like, we have a saying mm -hmm. in the Lambdas. It's like it's a brotherhood for life. It's not mm -hmm. about four years of college. It's about life.
Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what brotherhood is. Brotherhood is people is having that relationship that you're gonna consistently be able to rely on um, beyond a certain amount of time. It's for life. I have two siblings, two actual brothers. You know, I have an older brother mm-hmm. and a little brother. Um, you know, that's gonna be a relationship that we have for life because we're eternally mm-hmm. bonded by the fact that we share the same mom. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like that's that's a for life relationship right there. And my fraternity is a for life commitment. It's a for life relationship that I have because mm-hmm. it, it goes beyond the four years. I graduated college and I'm and I'm working with the organization again. You know? Mm-hmm. The better yeah. uh the better you're gonna succeed more effectively when you have a network. The network mm-hmm. doesn't have to be Greek and it doesn't have to be a fraternity. It doesn't have to be this or that. But as long as you have a network of people that are going to help you out, then you're mm-hmm. going to succeed. And I don't mean networking like the whole like, you got to go networking and synergy and da 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 I mean, mm-hmm. you need to have relationships with people mm-hmm. that are going to help you. It doesn't matter how you develop those relationships as long as they're helping you improve as a person and helping you help your community. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I really agree with you how, you know, uh, how like this type of bond, like at the end, it's not just networking, it's having a relationship. And I, I feel like you put it in a very nice way. Uh, so for people, you know, hopefully after we can... <laughs> Uh, out of this pandemic and you know because uh, i don't know how, what is the what's it called the format now with you know online learning um so hopefully it's it based on school yeah so you know i don't know how you know like uh if if someone is a freshman and is going into college i don't know how you know everything will you know works now uh mm-hmm. but um I will say like how you like recommend you if not only a Greek organization, however, uh, but clubs or to find, you know, common um, things that you like or stuff like that. That way you're able to bond with other people. And I think that after, you know, um, when you're ready to have the change of, you know, graduating or going to another school, getting your master's or anything, you will have the bond forever. And I think that's a very nice uh, thing that you want, uh, wanted to share, you know, how um, this was a very important part of you because I feel like others need to know how important it is to always have someone who help you grow, um, not only yeah. personally, but like in a community and in this case, in the, the Greek organization. So, um, yeah. Andres, I just want to say thank you again for being with us today. Um, do you no, want to you. add anything else? Um, if you guys want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram. Um, at Andres Pablo Guillen, all one word, um, all lowercase, I guess. Um, uh, and if you're, you know, interested in hiring somebody in the media world, I'm available. I'm here. Uh, I will email you my resume and uh, a portfolio of my work immediately. Just hit me up. I'm here. <laughs> and Alejandro, thank you. Thank you for for the opportunity. I really appreciate it.
No, thank you. And, you know, for others, I'll put uh, Andres Guillen social media down there that way you can contact um, him um, sooner. And, you know, like I said, and who you're hiring, Andres is available. So thank you yep. so much. <laughs> thank you so much. And, you know, it's a pleasure for me to have you in the show. And always, it was really nice talking to you. Thank you. Don't forget to check our website at centralamericanvoices.com where you can subscribe to our mailing list. Also, follow us on Instagram at Sentime Voices Podcast and on Twitter at Sentime Voices Pod. You can also like and follow our Facebook page where you can join the Central American Voices Facebook group. If you'd like to support this podcast and my work, you can donate through our website or become a patron. I really appreciate it. Also, don't forget to come back for our next episode.